we're still in first place, I think, fourth in the AFC. We got a chance to, you know, accomplish a goal that 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 we set out to do, um, and, and that's to to win the AFC South. Obviously, we, we're making it hard on ourselves, but we have to stay focused on that. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Hold my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Happy Wednesday to you. Got to stay focused on winning the AFC South. Got to stay focused on beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's all you can focus on. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, good morning midweek as we try to end a three-game losing streak, not just put it behind us. Let's end this thing this week against the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Jags may, for all we know, have to do it without their starting quarterback. We just don't know yet as Doug Peterson, not going to give you probably much of an update on that today, Tony, based on what he said uh, on Monday. He's not at liberty to discuss head injuries. Good morning, by the way. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. Many have accused me of having a head injury. Um early in life and that could be <laughs> my reason for being the way I am but uh, I can't attest to that but uh, you're stuck with me regardless good morning pockets how are you good morning we good we good everything's fine oh yeah the Tony national Stray- signing day man it is uh who should the Jags sign today uh pass <laughs> rush just how we Houston. talked about it yet we're not gonna sign Justin Hughes we're not gonna or sign Jason anybody Pierre Paul they're both available ah. again now like, uh, and uh, <laughs> there is something to like the any individual guy you know in terms of well Justin Houston obviously didn't pan out to be a difference maker for Carolina so no would he have been here maybe maybe not right now Carolina's not playing with many leads if any right in fact when they won this week they scored on the final play of the game to take their only lead of the game I believe it was their only lead of the game I think yes, Atlanta it was, was leading believe, seven to nothing yeah. early right yeah uh it ended up being nine to seven but you know it's it's not the this guy didn't pan out, or maybe JPP didn't work out with his team, so maybe he's washed up. Were they all washed up? You know, like Kyle Van Noy's had a nice stretch. You yes. know, there there have been guys out there that have contributed to the pass rush. But I think one of the things is Tony, the Jags' other problems have become so great that I don't even focus in on the pass rush anymore, other than. It's overall impact on the pass defense. Looking it up, the numbers, the Jags are allowing the fifth most passing yards in the league. I don't know if it feels that way mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis, but it's a fact. And I'm sure the pass rush contributes to that, and injuries contribute to that, and all these things contribute to it. Uh, but it's not good, and that's just one of the issues that they're dealing with, not being able to run the ball um, you know, today's poll question or the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day in the form of a poll of these choices, which is the biggest problem for the Jags this year, is it that bottom five pass defense? Maybe you don't realize that's where they rank, but that's exactly where they rank. Can't run the ball. I mean, I, I don't, it doesn't even matter where they rank. You can see it with your own eyes mm-hmm. that they, you know, struggle, struggle, struggle. And we get excited when Travis Etienne starts a game with four decent carries. Oh, maybe this time we'll be dead. No. It won't. Um, <laughs> questionable play calling. I put that in today's poll question because people love to question play calling, right? And that's sure. fine. And you're entitled to question anything you like as a fan, uh, certainly. But wanted to see how people thought that fit it. Is it more like to me, can't run the ball is not you're calling the wrong run plays at the wrong time, right? Oh, no, yeah. Occasionally you do that. You call uh, a 
run between the tackles into a run blitz. I, they did it the other night, right? And you don't know when the run blitz is coming, right? And it, it that's bad luck or you're getting outguessed or whatever the case. But to me, not being able to run the ball is more of a physical problem up front. Yeah, and I think you go look at the stats, they tell you the tale. They're 26th in yards rushing in the league this year. They're 30th in yards per carry. 30th. And that's including when Trevor Lawrence is taking off and is helping both of those numbers, right, right <laughs> on a weekly right. basis. Like, those are caked into that. It's They're really, really bad running the football right now. And, yeah, it has effects on everything else that they want to do on offense. Uh, too many key injuries was the other one we went with. It feels like a little bit of a cop-out because the, the Jags, until recent weeks, had been generally healthier than I think most NFL teams. But – it is a factor, and certainly now, when you say, you know, looking at where they stand right now, what is the biggest problem? Well, if the quarterback can't play, that is the biggest problem. No doubt. Immediately. But how long would that last? We don't know that he won't be able to play. So I think it's, you know, difficult for people to lean into that one because it hasn't been the issue for most of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've had a bit of a revolving door on the left side of the offensive line. But is that in and of itself enough I don't they've not been really super effective running the ball at any point this year I know they were better early but they weren't dominant and we made note of it at no point did Travis Etienne and that running game look as explosive as it did last year when he averaged over five yards a carry mm -hmm. right not on a consistent basis player play in play out sure it could happen um but not in a large sample size so I uh, can't run the ball is no pun intended running away with it right now, but you can vote on that. And let us know if there's a, another issue. We debated a bunch of things. Red zone inefficiency, right? Lack of communication, but is that lack of communication between Trevor and his receivers? Is that lack of communication on defense, getting guys lined up properly and not uh, trying to stop the, the big bust plays that they had, like against the Cleveland Browns? Is it all that rolled in? So sometimes it's hard to – Put every good option into a four-choice yeah. outcome. Yeah, and we were we were having the discussion leading right up to when the poll got posted, right? It, in the what do we put in? What, what do we, we put in? Out? Like it feels like we need to have Trevor in here, right? Like that's what it felt. We need to have Trevor in here. What does that look like? Right, right. Trevor, to, Trevor not valuing the ball enough, fumbling too much. Is right. that that alone? Is that but is that something that's a prisoner of the moment kind of thing too? Yeah, because we just had him lose a couple. How exactly do we put whatever like it it would feel weird to have three options and then just put Trevor. Right. Like, like, like right. Where be. you could also make the case that without Trevor, they'd be two and twelve. Like I he's so far from their biggest issue, right, that it wouldn't feel fair to put him as is this guy the biggest issue for the football team? Like, no, he's certainly not that. There are things that are happening that are really big issues for the team, and Trevor is directly involved in those things. He was a big issue this week. Yes, he was. But overall, we there have been plenty of occasions we say, well, you know, Trevor played really well if they'd won this game or, you know, they did win this game, and they, they had that, he had that stretch in the middle of the season where he was starting to come on. And you, but you, at the same time, you sit here, you know, we all saw the everything going around the internet that here's Trevor Lawrence at this point in his career, here's Daniel Jones at this point in his career. Yep. And I get it. The the stats don't tell the full story, but it tells part of the story, right? And, you know, I think 
Pocket said this morning, well, Trevor just needs to stop turning it over. I said, well, that's probably what they told Daniel Jones, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Just uh, Don't do that. If you don't do that, everything's going to be fine. Well, sometimes is that part of his DNA, a little bit recklessness. You know what I mean? Like that, that uh, even if reckless is not the word for it, lack of situational awareness at times, is this a growing issue or is it just something that we're focused on right now because of his performance this week? Now, putting all that aside for a moment, Right, it's gonna be tough enough to go to Tampa Bay or to Tampa and beat the Bucks. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna go into the body of water and play them, <laughs> but it's gonna be tough enough to beat them if Trevor plays. The Bucks are hot; they have a lot to play for. They'll be at home; they have a lot of confidence. You know, you look at what's going on in Houston right now as C.J. Stroud starts the week, and yesterday on Tuesday, they're not officially ruling him out to play against Cleveland this week, but they're already putting it out there that it's unlikely that he's going to play. Yeah. This is on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, that we don't know. We just, oh, you know, nowadays, oh, concussion. Guys come back a few days through the process. Right. The protocol, and, and they'll be fine. Generally this year, most guys have not come back to play the very next week. And you're seeing the case of C.J. Stroud that it may be multiple weeks for the Houston quarterback. Now, they won last week. There's no excuses, right? They won with Case Keenum. Jags have elected to go with C.J. Beathard as their guy. Are they good enough to win in Tampa? I don't know if they're good enough to win with Trevor Lawrence this right. week. Yeah. I mean, they're good enough to win. Don't get. I don't know if they would win. Either way, um, Trevor Lawrence without Trevor Lawrence, I think it's possible to win without him. I, I think it's more likely to win with him, obviously. But we sit here and, ah, man, you know, that's a big factor in this whole thing right now. Yeah. I'd I feel much better playing the Carolina Panthers this week, no matter who you're rolling out at quarterback. For sure. But, you know. For sure. And look, we'll we'll hear from Coach Peterson here in the next 20 minutes. I doubt you're going to – he's not going to give any kind of clear update, I wouldn't think, on whether I, I wouldn't No, based play. on his answer on Monday. Like, he can't give that. But we may get an update on the quarterback, whoever it's, it is – generally speaks on Wednesday. So does no one speak today? Trevor, if he speaks today, I would assume he's going to play, right? So I doubt that's going to be the way this thing goes. We know that, I think, by now, if that was how this thing was going to go. Does that mean Beathard speaks to the media today? Like, I don't know how they're going to handle any you, of that kind of stuff. I don't know you would do that when if you're unsure if he's going to play either. You yeah, know what it's I mean? kind of like, a weird – Put him in that position yeah. where he's going to get asked about, what are you – well, you're expecting to play at this point – I prepare every week to, yeah. to, you know, as if I'm the starter, blah, 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 and and all this. I, I don't know. I, I would – I'm guessing. I think no one, right, unless Trevor I, – because I don't think he's going to be out of the concussion protocol by today. No. doesn't happen that quickly, usually. So, if he is, I don't even know if they're allowed to bring him out there in that circumstance. Right, yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see. Doug Peterson is going to speak to the media, like Tony mentioned, in uh, just over 15 minutes from now. So, we'll bring you some of his thoughts on what he has to say. But uh, probably not going to give you anything definitive, I'm guessing, on the quarterback situation. But we'll leave that up to Doug. We won't have to wait long mm-hmm. to find out about that. If you want to be a part of the conversation today, talk about what the uh, the biggest issue is, and maybe we're leaving some out. And we, I'm sure we are. Jacks have some issues right now. But despite all the issues, you know, they're eight and six, and they are in first place, and they do have the tiebreakers at the moment, so you can enjoy that. I mean, it, it won't matter if they collapse over the next three weeks and they don't make the postseason. This all eight and six stuff means nothing. 
But for the moment, it means a lot because that's the starting position they find themselves in for the three-game sprint to end the season. There are a lot of teams out there that would like to be 8-6. and six. There are a lot of teams out there that are 8-6 and six right now that have just won more recently and they feel better about themselves. Heck, the Bucs are 7-7. Seven and seven. Mm-hmm. But you feel better because they've won three in a row instead of losing three in a row. And it's all about what have you done for me lately. Uh, so today, again, the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Of these choices, not saying these are the only problems for the Jags, but of these, which is the biggest issue, the bottom five pass defense. You can't run the ball. It's a bottom five run offense. A questionable play calling or too many key injuries or reply with or uh, call in with whatever you think is the, the superseding issue, the bigger one than all these. And I'm not saying that you can't come up with a list of a few candidates at the very least. Six four one ten ten on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines, also on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. With that same number, you can hop in the YouTube chat and throw your conspiracy theories in there if you'd like. And uh, also uh, on social media, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket! Oh, half-second pause there for dramatic effect. We got Johnny O, the senior writer from Jaguars.com, joining us at the top of the hour. Doug Peterson steps to the podium in less than 15 minutes. We'll let you know what the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars has to say midweek. As the Jags, look, bottom line it, still in control of what happens. You just have to start winning some football games, and you'll be fine in terms of at least making it into the tournament and getting at least one home game. Can they get that done? We can discuss that throughout the course of the next nearly two hours. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark here with you. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, Jaguars today, continue along on this Wednesday. Uh, Johnny O coming up next hour. Doug Peterson at the podium in less than 10 minutes. Get you the latest uh, midweek on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins uh, speaking. This is post-game after the game. Just kind of giving a feel that, uh, you know, trying to get the pulse of where these guys feel. Is, Is the season getting away from them? Are they just too beat up? Uh, are, what's going, you know, and Rayshon echoes a familiar refrain after the game. And by the way, he had a really good performance. He did. You know, standout performance. There are a few other guys that that played well, I thought. Uh, what a play by Daniel Thomas on special teams, Ooh. man. I mean, that was, uh, that's one that when you get national pub for how you cover a punt, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, he he really did a hell of a job uh, splitting two defenders, getting forced out, coming back in, reestablishing, splitting two defenders, making the tackle on the fly. Hell of a nice play. Uh, Rayshon, though, after the game, expressed the opinion that you hear a lot. They continue to beat themselves every week. It's frustrating at this point because we can physically, we match up with anybody. Mentally, meh, you know. There's too many mental errors, too many mental mistakes. We beat ourselves every game. <laughs> I mean, that's just it's just plain and simple. We we literally beat ourselves. Whether it's penalties, whether it's missed assignments, you know, stuff like that. Uh, we, we just got to get it fixed, and it's and it's easy stuff. I mean, just you got to just know your stuff. <sighs> First off, I don't know if they do physically match up with every other 
team out there. I mean, I think that's the number one issue on the offensive line is you're just not moving people right now, right? You're not creating these gaps. Uh, somebody on the uh, YouTube chat said something to the effect of, we need no line, just some big corn-fed boys. Until we get that or another MJD or Freddie T at running back, a run game will be trash. Well, was it trash last year when ET had averaged five yards a carry? Was yeah. it a, a drastically different group, to be honest yeah. with you? And I saw a stat from PFF that they tweeted out about 10 minutes ago. Travis Etienne has 474 missed tackles on runs and receptions this season. That leads the national football. He has not been trash. He's not. He's a good back. And now I'm not saying it's Freddie T or even MJD, right? I mean, these guys are are well-established over years of dominance. But he's not an issue. He's not a liability when it comes to running the football. The run game is a liability. But I don't put that – I put that more on the offensive line than anything. And when I hear Rayshon say, hey, physically we can match up with anybody, that's to me where it – I question – whether the interior of the offensive line can't, you know, are is Sheriff playing? Now, look, guy's a five-time Pro Bowler, right? He's a super accomplished player. But at this stage of his career, is he, along with Luke Fortner, is that duo physical enough? You know, Ezra Cleveland, I, I know, you know, Logs has said, for instance, he's their best option at left guard. Has he made a difference in the run game? I don't. Not that I've noticed, you know. And he's been banged up too, and that's part of it. I get that, but I, I don't. Is it all? You know, is is it all just we're we're beating ourselves with mental mistakes? We highlighted a bunch of them. There's no question about it. I I don't think it's all that. I think that is the biggest issue they have right now. And I I think it's it's okay in the locker room to look at it and say, look. If we get out of our own way mentally, I think physically Let's we're fine. Let's see what fine, we're capable of doing. Right? Like, I, I can understand approaching it that way, and I think the players in the locker room should be approaching it uh, that way. Let's stop killing ourselves. You know, it, it the league is hard enough to win week to week without you committing the errors that are going to kill you week to week. So, they got to cut that out, and Sean, I think, is basically trying to say that. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but man, when you just hear it when he's mentally, you know, like I mean, that is so disheartening. It's on them, the, yeah. and and it's a a core group. Yeah, that was so mentally tough last year, right? And again, maybe we all got just too caught up in the dramatic wins, right? And you you're not going to have those kind of wins every single year, but you expect. At a certain point, you don't need to – if you improve, if the quarterback gets better, A, by whatever percentage, that's going to lift everything up. We're bringing back most of the same core group intact, adding a piece here or there, trying to supplement a little bit. Not much in free agency, more in the draft than anything. And they did go with more depth pieces. You know, they, mm-hmm. they But you are counting on another year in the system, being together, playing together – that you have an internal improvement that makes you better to where you're in position to where, all right, maybe you're still a nine-win team, but those nine or ten wins or whatever you're going to get don't have to come because you're pulling off these fourth-quarter miracles every single week. Well, I, I think it highlights why the Tampa game is so important. Like I do think it has direct effects on all these things. This is the same 
a lot of the same pieces that did make that run in the back half of the last season. Everybody in that locker room was part of winning seven out of eight this year. Everybody in that locker room was part of winning back-to-back division games, right, and putting themselves in a position to feel like, here we are. That's right. Right? Like, everybody in that room was in that position, and now they're all part of the lost three in a row. When are we going to get this back? What are we doing wrong? We're doing it to ourselves. Beat somebody, right? And beat somebody when it feels like it really, really makes a difference for them. Went against Tampa this week, and I think a lot of these things relax, even in that locker room. I think you don't have, certainly after a win, you're not going to have a player sounding like that, right? But it's the three losses in a row, and they know. It's not like they don't know that it's slipping away. Right, they had a firm grasp grasp on grasp on it just three weeks ago. It's not that long ago. They had their quarterback playing lights out against the Bengals that night on Monday Night Football. The defense let him down over and over and over again. And then the next week, the defense let him down on three plays where they just didn't cover anybody in the secondary. And Joe Flacco threw for three touchdowns on that play, and they lose that game. And then this week, the quarterback lets him down more than anybody else does. So it is different things that's doing it each week. They need a win so badly. And I think if they win against Tampa this week, that it does turn a lot of things around. It's hard to pick them to beat Tampa because of how beat down they sound. Right. Like, it's it's not that the path to fixing this is all that unclear, right? Like, the path is whatever it takes to beat the Bucs on Sunday. That's the path to fixing a lot of these ills. It's just... Hard to find the path to that win. Well, that that's a big part of it. You're right. Yeah. If they beat Tampa, everyone's going to expect them to beat the Panthers. And then, you know, we'll They're see okay. where the chips fall, yeah. too. Because if C.J. Stroud doesn't play, granted, they did win with Case Keenum last week. That was against Tennessee. Yeah. They've got Cleveland to deal with this week, for instance. And, uh, it's a different you know, animal. It, well, it, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a different animal. And, you know, depending on what the other teams in the division do – who do the Colts have uh, this week? Um, Falcons. Is that who it is? Yeah. yeah. They'll beat the Falcons. The Falcons are miserable. I think the Falcons are favored by one. Oh, that's NFL. Yeah. Look, Falcons are playing for their coach's life. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bring how it much on, boys. They, I don't know how much they love their coach. Crank honestly, it up. Yeah. In Atlanta, but <laughs> it is in Atlanta. I mean, funny things happen in the NFL. Again, the, the Raiders yeah. scored sixty-three four days after scoring zero. So it's not like the Falcons can't win. I wouldn't expect them to win, despite what the guys in Vegas say, but uh, I don't think it's impossible uh, for them to win that football game. So you put yourself in a position, you might be kicking off this week with basically a one-and-a-half game lead. Mm-hmm. And even if you lose to the Bucs, you might be right back where you are, just 8-7 and seven instead of 8-6. and six. Yeah. Uh, but the opportunity would be there to set yourself up. If somehow the Falcons beat the Colts, and the Browns beat the Texans and the Jags win this week, there's not going to be anybody that doesn't think the Jags have the division locked up. Now, the reality will be they won't have it locked up because they still have a division game against a team that would like to do nothing more than direct their season, mm-hmm. but they'll be a lot further down the road to getting that accomplished, and they'll, they'll be that much closer. Now, if they, if they beat the Bucs and they beat the Panthers, but they lose to Tennessee, so they get to 10, like, for instance, Houston – could then, if they lose this weekend, still get to 10 by winning their last two games. 
I don't know where the, the tiebreaker goes after that because they be, catch them on division record, you'd, right? You catch them on division record, you would need Indianapolis to lose this week or next week. If either of them lose one of the next two games they have and the Jags were to win out, the Jags have it. Oh, sure. Yeah, it, like it, that's the situation that they put themselves in. But I think even if, if the Jags were to win the next two and one of them loses a game between now and their rematch, talking about Houston and Indianapolis, I think the Jags are in. I think that's where we're at with it, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Because the numbers coming out of Sunday Night Football showed the Jags' chances to win the division are still close to 80%. I think it's because of that factor. It's funny because I say, like, the betting markets have them at, like, 51%. Yeah. And they have the uh, Colts and the Texans each at about 24.5% mm-hmm. is where they have them. I, I checked that out this week just to see where those markets were. And I, it makes sense because they are the team – in the catbird seat at the moment. And yeah. they don't need, like, the, those other teams need the Jags to lose. The Jags don't need the Colts or the Texans to necessarily do anything if they take care of their right. own business. Yeah. Uh, Evan Ingram, by the way, uh, speaking in the locker room after the game on Sunday, you know, because the, the, it, it, it does, I'm sorry, it feels like, and this is feeling, like, you know, these guys always talk about 24-hour rule. you got to go on to the next opponent. You can't wallow in what we feel. We we don't have to worry about that. We can sit here and go, oh, my gosh, they lost this way. Let's look back. You know, they don't they don't go back and look at the Cincinnati game mm-hmm. at this point. We can't. Uh, they they lose to Joe Flacco. You know, it's not – and that's the thing, too. They're losing a back of quarterbacks. And then they lose to Baltimore, shooting themselves in the foot. And it feels like all the – and here's Houston, who was buried. Oh, and they came back and won. And it does feel – right. Like, it's slipping away. Like, you still have a grasp of the rope, but there's only a couple of inches of rope left in the palm of your hand. And you better not loosen your fingers at all because this thing's going to slip through. But Evan Ingram said, no, no, no. That is not the case. The season is not slipping away. Hell no. Hell no. Hell no. Um, no, we lost to a good team tonight. Uh, we lost to a good team tonight. and But we definitely still are hurting ourselves. So, um it's not like things are, you know, being really snatched out of our hands. We're kind of letting these things go, uh, and the clock is ticking for us to f- to fix it. So, um, no fear. Uh, like like I've been saying, the urgency, you know, is as high as it's been the last two weeks before tonight. It's even higher right now. Yeah, but it, look, if you hold a handful of sand in your hand, you don't need somebody to come snatch it. If it starts slipping through your fingers, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if someone's like he's saying, "Oh, nobody's taking this from us. We're doing it to ourselves." But if the end result is you keep losing to these teams, it's not the fact that you lost to Baltimore. If you lost 27 to 24 and it was up and down the field and, and Lamar Jackson made a couple of the plays that he made, you know, and, and sealing the win, you're like, damn, man, it was that close and we gave him a battle. But it's the way that you're losing. It's these mental mistakes that make it possible for you to lose. Like when you go up against the Ravens, you don't have a big margin for error. I'm not saying you can't beat the Ravens, but ended up being 23 to 7. Mm-hmm. Wasn't particularly close. And these other games you're playing against Jake Browning and Joe Flacco and you're making enough mistakes that even teams with much lesser quarterback situations are capable of beating you. So it's not it doesn't matter if you're getting beat down or not. If the right. losses are piling up, can you fix what's been going wrong? That's the question cuz it's been 14 weeks. I I I doubt they just woke up and said, oh, man, this is the week we got to fix mental mistakes. You know what I mean? Like, right, you, yeah. you hear that every year. I think some teams, it becomes part of their DNA. You hope that's not going to be the case for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Doug Peterson at the podium as of five minutes ago. When we come back, we'll tell you 
what he's saying about your Jacksonville Jaguars as they prepare for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A short road trip on Christmas Eve this Sunday for that 4 o'clock kick right here on 1010XL. Johnny O at the top of the hour, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. If you want to be a part of the conversation, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. It's the easiest way to do it. You're listening to Jaguars today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh no. With Jaguars.com, John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, Tony. Uh, what is the head coach of the Jaguars saying about the head quarterback of the Jaguars? Yeah, uh, John Shipley, reading from his Twitter right now, says that quarterback Trevor Lawrence is still in the protocol but is progressing well. So. Nothing more negative to report, at least with Trevor Lawrence. It sounds like it's at least trending towards having a chance to play this week. And Zay Jones, week to week, which likely means not this week. Yeah, week to week is usually, uh, right, we'll we'll see you next yeah, week. He's basically. dealing with a couple things now, right? Tyson like, Campbell and Andre Sisco expected to practice today, and uh, – said Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland are still banged up but they came through, quote, clean. Uh, these uh, from Mia O'Brien uh, down at, I guess, uh, down at the uh, practice facility is where they're holding court. I believe so. Right now. So, um, you know, that I, I didn't expect much more detail on Trevor Lawrence, but progressing is better than, I guess, you know, can't, Say a word about him. I don't know. You know, I mean, we, nobody knows at this point in time. If you had to guess, I mean, it's all it is is a guess. We don't know what, you know, we marvel at Trevor's ability to heal uh, quickly and not show any ill effects. All bets are off when it comes to a head injury. Yeah. You know, in, in the concussion protocol, you know. With, in fact, the way guys come back from these, it's surprising when you hear the week open up and they say C.J. Stroud is likely to miss a second week, and you wonder, wow, how significant. Yeah, what's going on with that? Yeah. Right, is is what he's dealing with. Um, all right, so we'll get to uh, Jags' playoff chances here, messing around with the uh, New York Times simulator, which you can just put into Google. Yeah. Just put New York Times playoff simulator and and put that all in there. Um, boy, it, you beat the Bucks, and it, the – dramatic difference in your odds to make the postseason is kind of stunning. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in fact, I'm just getting into like some of the rest of the matchups. If, if I say the Jags lose to the Bucks, the Colts beat the Falcons, which I still think is the most likely outcome in that game. And the, uh, what did I click that Browns, one? Yeah. Click, Texans. Um, what did I click the, uh, the Browns, Texans, and yeah, there it is. The Browns at the Texans. Um, just that. Mm -hmm. Jags are at, uh, and they, assuming they beat the Panthers, even if they lose to the Titans, Jags would be like ninety-one percent to make the postseason. That's assuming they beat the Bucks. Yeah. All right. You pick the Bucks to win. This is according to again the New York Times playoff scenario dealy right here where. Um, like, I'm picking the Jags to beat the Panthers, the Texans to beat the Titans the next week. Who the Colts have? The Colts and the Raiders. If the Colts beat the Raiders, mm -hmm. you're talking about less than 10% chance. Yeah. 
of making the postseason, never mind a wild card or anything, you know, um, can get pretty dire. This game, I mean, we say it so many times, this is the biggest game of the season. Well, at this point, no doubt. It's clearly, I mean, the most important game you have left is the Titans game because it is a divisional game and that can factor in to your tiebreaker directly with the Houston Texans. So that is, if you can only choose to win one, that would be the one to win. But I feel like this is, if you lose this and you lose control of your fate in the AFC South, even though the Titans game is the most important one to have, and and if we presume they beat the Panthers, yeah. again, it just... Uh, you win this week, you keep squeezing the pressure on the other two teams. Yes, yeah, to, to be perfect. Right, like you keep that pressure on them if you win this week, and if you don't, the world opens up for them, right? Like, then the week 18 games becomes their season. Like, but it becomes their season. It's like, we win this week, we win next week, we beat them again in three weeks, we got it. Right? Like, that's if the Jags were to lose to the Bucs this week. But if the Jags beat the Bucs, it's like, all right, we still need them to lose. Like, we need that to happen. We still got to win out if we're going to win the division. If the Jags lose, then it opens things up for uh, Houston and Indiana. I will say, to be fair, I think I had them losing the Titans. I think I'd click that in week 18 here. So, yeah. if, they, if they win two of the next three. They're fine. They're probably yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. Is, is where they're at. So, and you would expect him to be able to beat the Panthers, even with everything else going on. But it's the NFL, right? You still got to go out and win that game. But you expect them to be able to win that game. I do think the Titans game, if it becomes a we got to win it to win the division, yeah, you know, like that gets a little trickier, right, for a team that hasn't had a whole lot of success in Nashville. And so that would be a bit of a different situation. But you can relieve that, beat the Bucks. Right. And they're capable of beating the Bucks, but it's again, it's hard to draw the direct line to this is how they beat the Bucks this week with the way that they're playing and the way Tampa's playing right. on the other side. The Colts are the more dangerous. Like we focus so much because of the national debate of CJ Stroud. Is he already better than Trevor Lawrence? You know, and they they mm-hmm. try to force that into being the big rivalry because they know Minshew's not a long term answer because they just drafted Anthony Richardson, and that's going to be the guy that they ride going into next year. But the Colts, if they do go in Atlanta and win, they're going to get the Raiders at home next week, and the Texans come to them at home. The Texans could be eliminated yeah. by week 18. And if that's the case, who knows? You know, like if C.J. Stroud misses this week, maybe he comes back next week. What if he doesn't? Right, And then if they get eliminated – is there much impetus to put him back on the field? I think the Colts are the the team. I think we focused a little bit more on the Texans, probably because the Jags swept the Colts, and we feel like the Texans are the more dangerous football team. But the Colts have put themselves in a more dangerous position than Houston right now. Well, and when we were really having all those discussions, it was right after they had beaten Tennessee and Houston in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Right? Like, the Houston game felt like this is one they got to have. Right? Going into that, this is one they got to have. They got it, and it's, okay, they're back in control in the South. They got the head-to-head over the Colts. They're not going to catch them on those tiebreakers. Right? And now you got the divisional record over Houston. They're in a really good spot. Well, win one of the next three that they played, and you'd still feel like they're in a really good spot. Right, If they had held on in that Cincinnati game, found a way to win that game, you'd feel okay. You wouldn't feel great about where the Jags are at this point in the season, but you'd be like, they're 
You feel it would have been better. They're still going to win the South. Right, and you'd be going – they beat Carolina, they're going to the playoffs. Right. We're fine. Right. Right? Like, that would be the way that you'd be feeling right now. It's they got to figure some things out for a playoff run, but they'd be in an okay spot. Well, they didn't. They didn't beat Cincinnati. They didn't beat Cleveland. They could have won either of those games. They didn't beat Baltimore, right? So they're in the position that they're in where – yeah, a lot is riding on the result of this Tampa game. You look at how many teams right now, just in the AFC alone, have seven or eight wins, right? And they're they're all kind of in the same boat to some degree. The Jags um, would be behind Cincinnati because of the head-to-head if it were a wild-card mm-hmm. scenario. But you've got the Bills at 8-6. and six, Jags beat them. Um, the Bengals are 8-6, and six, beat the Jags. Steelers are 7-7. Seven and seven, Jags beat them. The Colts are 8-6. and six, Jags swept them. The Texans are 8-6. and six, Jags split with them. And the Broncos are seven and seven and didn't play them. Now, granted, they're you know you look at Cleveland with nine wins and and all that, but just you, there's a huge. That's the entire middle of the AFC is, has got seven or eight wins basically. I just think the thing is, you thought, I say you, one would think with this schedule that they had this year, and with last year being the springboard that you hoped it would be, that you wouldn't be in the middle class right now, that you'd be separating yourself into a higher tier. And And it felt like they were stepping into that three weeks ago. When they were 8-3. and Yeah. And it was all sitting there for them. Monday night, in your house, backup quarterback, couldn't ask for better circumstances. You could take down, uh, at least temporarily, the number one seed in the entire conference. And that's how quickly things can change. Mm -hmm. But I guess my point is, they're no worse off than a lot of teams in a lot of cities that have a lot of expectations, but who cares, right? I mean, in the end, it's not going to make me feel any better no. if we go, oh, man, you know what? There are like 10 teams with that were separated by a game, and the Jags just happened to miss out, and they, they would have been the eighth seed. Good season. Good try. Yeah. It's the – what's happened the last three weeks is the league – Right, like that's just how the NFL works, and that's the point of going through and seeing all the teams that have seven, eight wins right now in the AFC, right? It's the way that those are all stacking up right now in the conference, and the Jags are obviously among that group because they haven't found a way at any point in the last three weeks. And you get the weight of three losses in a row. That's heavy, right? When you're going into December, that's a heavy weight on the shoulders of a team. You went against Tampa, and it, it, it fit, you you released the pressure valve, right? Like, it doesn't go away, but you release the pressure valve that you're feeling right now because that's what winning does in the NFL. It relieves pressure. The Colts aren't playing with a bunch of pressure right now. They feel like they're a team, but we're hot, right? You got to come get us. Like, you would get week to week that they feel that way when they're getting ready for a football game, which is why it's hard to pick them not to beat Atlanta even though Atlanta's in a position where they're still competing for the NFC South. And Atlanta coming off the loss And the the Raiders are a team that we'll see what they do this week, but they're alive in the AFC playoff picture right now. They're a game out. They are. Right, in the AFC playoff picture, but it's hard to pick the Raiders over the Colts right now because of the way things are going for the Colts. Winning is the thing that makes a difference. Beat the Bucs. It makes such a massive difference for the way that you feel about the team in the final few weeks of the season because of all the negative energy that's built up by the way that they've lost these games in the last three weeks. They have an opportunity to change that. It's 
it's right there in front of them. We'll see if they can take advantage. Why of do it. I feel? I, I thought the uh, for some reason I thought the Colts had won their last three. They've actually won five of their last six, yes. but they they lost two weeks ago. I don't know why I had that. Who am I thinking of that? Maybe I don't know who it was, but uh, I could have sworn I looked and they'd. Oh no, it's the Bucks. That's right. I'm, I'm just getting them confused in my head yeah, now. The Bengals beat them two weeks ago. No, right? no, I think yeah. right, but I. I I thought before, didn't I mention the Colts had won their last three? Now, it was in reference to the Bucs have won their last three. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Bengals did beat them. And they beat them handily, right? Yeah. And this is right after the Jags yeah. went toe-to-toe with and Cincinnati. by the way, the Bucs last lost, Colts. The Bucs last lost, yeah. yeah. Uh, 27-20, to 20, right. Yeah. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we've seen it play out every week. It's a whole different story. When the Raiders play the Colts, which Raiders are you getting? Yeah. The, the Raiders that got shut out and almost bench Aiden O'Connell are the ones who watch Aiden O'Connell throw for four touchdowns four days later and score 63 points. So uh, let's get Kevin and Savannah wants to weigh in on Jaguar football at 641-1010 on the all Pro roofing phone lines. What's up, Kev? Good morning. Thank you for taking the call. You got it. Um, the defense um, last week looked pretty good. The two weeks prior to that, they looked really awful. And the only difference – between the two, as far as player personnel, was uh, Dewey Wingard. Wingard. Um, he led the team in tackles this week. He has more tackles in that one game than Cisco had the previous two games. It's undeniable that every time he's in the game, the defense looks better. When Cisco was out earlier in the season, a couple of games, the defense was flourishing. How, if Cisco goes in and starts at safety, Next week, if he's healthy, I believe that's a terrible mistake. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. I, I disagree. I mean, leading the team in tackles as a safety is not an indication of how well you played. can be an indication of how many uh, completions you allow, you know, how many plays guys are making in your area. And, yeah, you tackle the guy. I thought Andre Sisco had a great start to the season. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I'm not going to let tackles tell the tale of who had a great game. I mean, Dewey Wingard had a great fake out on a little headbutt that he got that drew a 15-yard penalty, very smart, gave up a touchdown on the very next play. Yes, he did. So, you know, I I don't look at it like, uh, you know, they, they gave up 250 on the ground. You know, and I, I, again, Baltimore's a really good running team, but take Lamar Jackson out of it, and they ran for 150 yards on the Jags. That's way I, too many. You know, um, I'm not saying anything has been particularly good on defense in the last few weeks. I I thought they clearly outplayed the offense this week, right? But more than one thing can be true. They can outplay the offense and still not do a great job. The bottom line, they held Baltimore to 23 points. You can win against the Ravens if you hold them to 23 points. Mm-hmm. You win against a lot of NFL teams. Uh, and, again, much more blame on the offense this week. But the defense, you know, gave up 31 to Joe Flacco, gave up 34 to Jake Browning. <sighs> you know? I, I mean, yeah. it's – it's here's the thing. They don't have a great defense. They have a defense that, at times, has played like the best unit on the team. They don't have a great offense. They don't have a great team. They have a team that in a given week can put it together enough to win eight out of 14 games. That's mm-hmm. who they are, right? And any given week, like that big middle class that we just described, all those teams just in the AFC with seven or eight wins, yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, Buffalo, 
We beat them right right now. Oh my gosh, look at Buffalo. This whack Dallas. Are they not the same team that we beat? I mean, maybe they're not playing the same way. No, it's the same group, same personnel. It's you know, Buffalo's out of the playoff picture, right? Oh, but they look dangerous. Well, that's great that they look dangerous. The Jags are right there with them and are actually in a better spot than the Buffalo Bills are right now. Maybe the Bills come back and win the AFC East. I don't know. That's just one example. There's so many teams that look at themselves and say in any given week, like, does it really matter at the end of the day? You know? Yeah. That's the NFL. Win. In any given week. That's why just just win. Right. And, and, and we're in the middle of a season where there's going to be eight Maybe even ten teams that when the season ends are going to go. Man, if we had just just won this, it made this, this play. This and this. Yes, like, there's going to be so many of them that are in that group. Don't be one of the teams in that group. You and still have control it. of that. You know, winning can mask poor play. No question about it. Mm-hmm. Right, but I'd rather make it to the playoffs playing poorly than playing well and getting beat. Because of bad luck or whatever. the I don't care. I'd still rather make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather make the playoffs and have my record actually reflect just how well we did play. But I'll take the wins. Just give me enough wins, right? You can't fix it. You can't change it. Maybe you can fix some things. You can tweak some things. You can improve your mental focus. I believe that. Why they haven't up to this point. That's on them. Is on them, right? Yeah. And, you know, I say you can do it. You don't often see teams change yeah. their football DNA. There's no magic wand to wave in that regard. They got to do it. If there was, why yeah. would you wait till now to do it? Yeah, you just do it. The first time it popped up, this is unacceptable. We fix it. Boom. Yet they still continue to have communication breakdowns. Uh, not showing up intensity-wise for some of the biggest moments of the season. Things like that. Is that just who they are? It may be. Right. At the same time. If they win enough games and they make it in the postseason, we're going to celebrate like crazy, right? If they win another division title, I you, you think the Colts really care what their stats say or any of these teams? In the end, it matters in that it can be kind of a litmus test for how you're going to perform going forward, right? And I get that. Like, hey, man, you know, you've given up the run and they, these wins mask that or whatever, you know, for instance, and you wait until you run into so-and-so. Well, maybe – Right, yeah. Maybe that day we actually play better or they turn the ball over a few times or we force some turnovers or whatever the case may be. Yes, uh, but at the same time, nobody's sitting here going, well, the Jacks are 8-6 and six, are likely to go to the Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> we just likely need to get to Tampa yeah. with a chance to win the football game, and uh, I think having Trevor Lawrence obviously makes it a lot more likely. We just won't know. Not today. Mm-hmm. Probably won't know tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to know. I mean, might not I know it's Saturday. I think if we, yeah. the only thing we might know is if he's ruled out. Yeah. I think this could come right down to it. We're, we'll see. You know, does he clear the concussion protocol, which we'd, he'd have to do on Saturday, right? Yeah. So I think by Saturday night. Yeah. Right. So he'd have to be out of the protocol, but he might still be listed as questionable. But I think if he clears the protocol, you're going to see Trevor Lawrence play. 100%. So all we can do is sit back, wait. See how that progresses throughout the week. Uh, we don't have to wait for John Osher. He'll be here next from Jaguars.com. Uh, we'll, he'll tell us what else he's heard from Doug Peterson this morning as we continue along uh, making our way into week 16 with the Jacksonville Jaguars. With Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, shit.
Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, here we go. Johnny O joining the program. Must be the second hour on Wednesday. Hello, John. How are you? Uh, I'm good. And my intro is O knows. I don't know if I've got a lot of answers to your question. I don't know if I know. If we have a quarterback this week, right? I don't know if I know. I don't think anybody knows. Well, I know I don't know that. But if you're going to ask me how they're going to score, how they're going to win this one, that that's I don't know. How are they going to score? Like, look, even if Trevor plays, right? Right. Can't can't run it. I mean, pretty well established, or at least they struggle very mightily to run it. Um, Christian Kirk, right, missing him and his consistency. We talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks, man, Zay Jones is the key to unlocking right. success for some of these other guys. He's probably not going to play week to week. Right? And you, although you said Doug sounded a little less than 100% that he would be unavailable, but week to week sounds like he's going to be unavailable. That I, I agree with you when Doug talked about it today. His tone was a little more optimistic than I expected, but – that doesn't mean right. I, I I went in expecting between pessimism and him saying, "Hey, he's probably not going to play." So the fact that he didn't say that was interesting to me. I still would be surprised if he plays. So let me clarify that. So okay, perhaps two of your top three receivers out, relying on you know. Calvin Ridley, who's not always on the same page, and you know right. whether he's running the wrong routes or not. Whatever, like Press been. Taylor says, right? They, they, they're hasn't just smooth. They're not on the same page, right? And that doesn't again. If you're running a slant, okay, you're running the slant. You're running the right route. Is he running it too deep? Is is Trevor throwing it too soon? Right? right. Or is is Trevor? I'm not saying it's all 100 percent on Calvin Ridley, but it's clearly been an issue. So you got a young Parker Washington be calling for Elijah Cooks. Feel bad for Elijah Cooks. It's a small sample, but he gets a chance. It's a big moment. Drops it. Drops it right there, like at the ten yard line. Yeah. I don't know if he scores on the play, but I mean, this, you don't right. you don't get look. You got to perform. You don't get your chance very often, mm-hmm. right? Tim Jones, right? I mean, look, could, Jamal Agnew. You know how many snaps Jamal Agnew played on offense this week? Ten. Yeah. yeah. Wait, ten, right. Right. So he, he, he was the leading receiver, John. Right. right? On basically because of one play. Right. And I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But what you're going to need, it feels like, are are any of these guys going to be consistent producers in the NFL long term? I don't know. But there are – and you're going to roll your eyes when I say this because when I've talked to you in the pregame last couple of weeks, I've said <laughs> the same things along these lines. You sort of have to go into it with some blind faith of, Sometimes in the NFL, guys step up. And you don't expect. Sometimes them to. they do. Look, that's Ed, what they need. Evan Ingram, and that's not a great answer. Evan Ingram could be a big part of this right. as well, right? Um, and so, Luke Farrell could give you forty-five yards. You know, he get, maybe there's a bunch of guys who give you forty-five this yeah. week. It, they got to find that twenty-dollar bill in the winner jacket, right? Like that's what it feels well, like. That. Right that's a great now. call, right? Like, yeah. oh, Elijah Cooks did what? He left me a twenty. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah. right? I didn't count on getting seventy-four yards right. and a touchdown out of Tim Jones or whatever. The but that's case. really what they need. Doug's talked about it. I talked a little bit about this morning on our Jags AM show. At some point, sometimes in the NFL season, if you're going to make it, if you're going to go through these attrition periods to get yourself out of rough patches, you've got to have the okay. This one we're not going to lose. I don't know how, but willing yourself to win. 
grabbing a hold of the moment, doing something unexpected. Sometimes you need those. Uh, I thought this team was sort of that for seven or eight games where they were a, a defensive, big play moment, uh, takeaway, opportunistic team. That's what they have to lean on this week. And it's it's not a great thing to lean on, but that's the reality. You're right. You can't – at least I don't look at this going into this game going, we're going to dominate in this area. Right. Which area are you going to dominate? I mean, the, the run defense has been pretty good this year. Just gave up 250. Now, right. granted, again, I keep using the caveat. Lamar Jackson ran for almost 100 of that. but And so much of it was late. They didn't come out soft, but it still happened. It still happened, right? right? And you know that in the second half they want to run the ball. You know that's what they want to do. And, I mean, Keith Mitchell's a nice player. He's a rookie, you know, right. who wasn't starting most of the year. Gus Edwards is – just a, he's a decent player. There, there's no superstars there. Rashad White's having a nice year. He, I don't think he's a superstar either. Right. But he's very effective. He's really effective in the passing game as well. You know what the Jags need offensively? They need like, points. Yes. But, you, <laughs> you know, like to get those points, it's like ETN needs to make a play. You a know pop. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like. Bro, I don't care what's blocked for you. You know what? And I'm not blaming him for that. I I want to be very clear about this. I think it's the blocking. This feels like a game where they need a turnover in the first half, tilt the field, get some momentum, and then have a couple of big plays where you go, there it is. Right. We need them to bust the coverage, but us to take advantage of it. Right. Right. And or we need ETN to get that that little screen. Make that man miss, that one guy miss. And take it 60 yards, right. you know, and just. Uh, and that gives you momentum for a quarter. They're believing. You get up. You hold on to it. It doesn't. I don't. I say this all the time, but I, this this game really brings the by any means necessary yeah. kind of into yeah, focus. Yeah, so we're both right? getting that. That's, right. 10 to 7. Let's go. Right. 10 to 7. Uh, we win. Don't care. Does That's not going to be good enough against so-and-so. Don't care. Usually to, to get, get in the, the playoffs, to play you got to we we got to get there. And that's where they got it. Um, Bush Drive Rich, frequent uh, interactor with the show on social media, said, uh, "You know, we're talking about what are the problems, and when we don't include every option in the poll, people reply, what about this?' And that's totally legit." But he said, "One of the problems with the offense, not knowing that Evan Ingram is our best option for offensive efficiency. I, I don't know what more they can do. <laughs> you know, like." I think they know it. You can't go to him every time or they take that away. You know, so. He had a two-week run where he yeah. was unstoppable, and yet teams are going to adjust to that, particularly right. as you, you know, now lose Zay Jones right. on top. So, I, I mean, Evan yeah. Ingram is going to set, with the exception of touchdown receptions, and who knows, unless he has a crazy sure. last three weeks, he's going to set the receiving He's already set the the reception mark. He's going to blow away the the yardage mark right. for this team. The receptions mark shows you they have had to rely on him more than is ideal as as, as sort of a supplement to the running game. And I don't even think it's unideal. Like he right. he's capable. Like I don't think Evan Ingram's wearing down. You know what no, I mean? No, but I mean if you hadn't run so poorly, I don't know that there would have been so sure. many okay. of those 5 yards turn this into 7 for us Evan plays. That he has done and has lifted the offense a little bit, uh, but to your point, when you do that two weeks in a row, the Ravens aren't stupid. They're going to look at it and say, "Well, we don't want him to beat us. Let's make somebody else beat us." Right. So you take that away. OBJ for them had a big game the week before. Right. Didn't this week? I don't know if there's anything the Jags did, but it it doesn't happen every single week. Right. I don't think it's out of a desire not to utilize OBJ. No. I I just anyway I. 
like I get people, and I heard logs talk about it yesterday, Tony, with us, you know, with the the seam passes, right? The the vertical seam stuff. Um, maybe they can incorporate some more of that, just in general, right? We saw the good one to Luke Farrell. Maybe they do, but I have a hard time with the pace that Evan Ingram's on in terms of productivity to say that. Okay, get that. They're not, more. yeah, utilizing him enough. Well, again, sometimes when you're not confident running it's harder to have the confidence as a coordinator to call deeper I understand because you want those plays you want to make sure that you're getting in down and distance stuff that's not ridiculous so I think that may I think to me that explains why they don't go after it more in the secondary because they want to make sure that they're getting four to try to get this offense moving a little bit. So you get a little more tentative, I think. All right, let's get uh, Jason up in Julington Creek next on Jaguars today. Good morning, Jason. What's on your mind? Good morning, fellas. Love the show. Uh, happy holidays. Yeah, it's killing me. I've been streaming since Zay Jones' first injury. We need to use – I never. I didn't believe in Ingram. Let me just say that, but he's proved me wrong. We need to line him up at wide receiver and bring in Farrell at tight end and try to make something happen. It's, it's, it's getting on the last hour. They got to do what they got to do. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Thank you as always. Well. Uh, Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, I, I'm not opposed to splitting Evan Ingram out a little bit or or using these guys they in do. tandem. Sure they do. Yeah. But Tony was pointing out, like, um, very recently, looking at the numbers of productivity out of the slot this year, Tone. Mm-hmm. There, I forget who was one and two on the list, but if someone was tweeting out yardage from the slot uh, from routes running the slot this year. Christian Kirk was third on the list in the league. Despite missing the last few weeks, Evan Ingram was eighth. Yeah. Right? Like they're getting production out of whoever's lining up in the slot in this offense. I imagine that's Evan Ingram right now, I, as and, much as they can get. And it. I don't see them lining him up at, as an X receiver, you know, but using him Not in the slot as is, a base. is right. splitting him out, you know, yeah. basically. Yeah. He's a big slot guy. Yeah. And yeah. that in a lot of cases. Look, but, uh, he's he's been a terrific player. Yeah. This team really the last couple of years, and I, I get the desire. Let's just find ways to get him the ball more. They right. have to. He right now is their best pass catching playmaker that they have. Most reliable, sir. Right, most yeah. reliable. Right. Yeah. I mean, Calvin yeah. Ridley can, and I think Calvin Ridley was robbed the other night. I think yeah, that was a touchdown. It turned out to be a spectacular mm-hmm. concentration play yeah. by him, uh, and I didn't feel like he got the nothing just more reward. he could have really done. I don't think. No, the because... ball got got batted, and I thought he had the knee down. I thought he was yeah. clearly in bounds to me, but. You know, that's neither here nor there. The Bucks are going to double Calvin Ridley all day yeah. and try to dare Tim Jones and Parker, Parker Washington, Washington to and those guys to beat and, and maybe Elijah Cooks. And, you know, it's good. they're going to focus on uh, stopping two guys in the – I think they're going to mm-hmm. stack the box, try to keep the Jags one-dimensional. I don't and know then, why you wouldn't. Right. And then attack that dimension through the two key playmakers, particularly – I mean, again, if Bethard's the quarterback, I mean, good luck, C.J., um, but that's why they pay you. You know, you're a professional quarterback. You can't say, oh, woe is me. Right. Case Keenum just won for the yeah. Texans. Joe Flacco beat us. Jake Browning beat us. There's plenty of backups playing around the National Football League. Backups are supposed to be able to get you a couple of wins when you need it. Uh, right. That's, that's uh, it against is. beatable opponents. The right. Bucks are a beatable, beatable. opponent. Yeah. You know, the ja- it's not like they're outclassing the Jags. It's just they have more momentum than, the G- than more Jacksonville momentum, does at the moment. If the Jags don't make key mistakes this way, if they play clean, they should be able to get this game into the fourth quarter with a chance. Easily. I mean, and I think they have a chance that. in most games in Correct. the fourth quarter, right? Even with C.J. Beathard. 
I, I would agree yes. with that, right? And and but you can't give things away like you did the other night. But uh, this, you know, at the end of the day, having a chance in the fourth quarter is not good enough if you don't capitalize on the chance. You know, you know I mean, I'm saying, yeah. I agree with you. The opportunity will be there, and that's probably all you can ask for with all the circumstances right now. Uh, let's get Kay downtown before we hit a break. Uh, Kay, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Hi. Hi. Good morning. So Adam Schefter tweeted uh, earlier that it's looking like C.J. Stroud is t- trending to be out this upcoming Sunday dealing with that concussion. So uh, SIS, second impact syndrome, deals with uh, before the swelling goes completely down from your first concussion, if you get a second concussion, it could potentially be fatal. And so what what I believe is that I don't think that Trevor should push it. I don't think that Doug should try to push it. I believe that they need to work on all three phases and win this thing without Trevor and let him come back for the Panthers. I don't think that they should risk this because if he gets hit again, that's a bad deal for him and his quality of life. I just think it's a bad deal. We need to focus on all three phases, a whole team win against the against the Buccaneers, and then he comes back the next two weeks. That's what I got to say. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you, Kay. I'll, I'll say this. Um, look, I, I know nothing about brain trauma other mm-hmm. than enough to say something stupid, right? And so, to me, it's not about Doug pushing it right. or anyway. This is this, – that's why you have medical It'll be personnel. What the symptoms he gets showed. cleared or he doesn't get cleared. Right, the protocol right. yeah. is designed to take care of this and take the choice out of the player's hand if, if it's a bad choice. And they're all well aware of second impact syndrome and, right. the, the, and the issues. And I think that's a big reason why you've seen the vast, I mean, vast majority of right. guys who've gone to the concussion protocol this year have missed at least one game. Right. I, and so, but... At the same time, if your medical people say no, he's okay, I mean, does Doug Peterson know more than the medical people? You right. know what I mean? Like, I, that's why you just have to let them make a truly independent evaluation Which of is Trevor Lawrence. Up. It oh, has yeah. to be right. yeah. that way. I mean, it, it, so, you know, we all, like, there were people saying he shouldn't, uh, tell me he shouldn't play against uh, Cleveland because of the ankle. I don't care. Hold him out. Well, I mean, th- has right. he had any lingering after effects from playing against Cleveland and Baltimore the last two weeks? Not that I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, I think there have been times, to me, especially the first week, where it looked like there was an effect. But I don't think it it it, it, it certainly hasn't looked like it's become a, de- a degenerative harming his ankle thing. And to be clear, I think we all appreciate head trauma and a no, high that- ankle sprain are are different in terms of impacting your quality of life and all that. I'm just saying, I, I don't know but enough all you can to do sit is trust here. The medical people. Right, I can't sit here and tell you, well, they need to hold him out an extra week, and that'll actually have a tangible benefit. Right. Well, if that that's the case, wouldn't holding him out two extra weeks have an even more right. tangible benefit? I mean, how long are we gonna? They will err on the that? side of of being smart with Trevor's health. Right. This he's this is a long term decision in part. I mean, you can't just oh, we gotta we gotta be bucks this week or going out there regardless you're right look again plenty of backups are winning games around the national mm-hmm. football league if it comes to that everybody else needs to step up and rally around cj bethard and raise their own level of play the bucks are yeah. not an unbeatable team even with cj bethard no, it's just with the momentum or lack thereof that the jags have right now it just is hard for me to envision the route. i mean i can see the route but how likely is that route to get there the Bucs yeah. are going to have something to say about that. Yeah, they're they're playing as well as they have all year. 
All right, uh, we'll take a time out here. If you're on the line, stay right there. We'll get to you on the other side. Tony will take us around the National Football League as well. Looks like Devin White is back practicing for the Buccaneers. Yay. Uh, uh, and uh, we'll continue along with John Osier, 6411010, on the all Pro roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, no. Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, Johnny O in the house. Uh, we got our Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day out there. Still uh, going strong on can't run the ball as your leading contender for the biggest problem with the Jags right now. At least of the options we gave you. There are more than just four, uh, quite frankly. But, you know, I'm sure... If we go through, as Tony, we listed like a half dozen teams with seven or eight wins in the AFC. Yeah. We would go, well, they got this issue. They got that issue. They got the other issue. And and we focus in on this team. I just, again, John, I said this earlier. We just need to break out of that middle class. Like, I think that's part of the, the thing is we felt like, okay, you're in the middle class last year. You won the division, but it right. was at nine and eight and thrilling. And you won a playoff game and all that, but. This is the year we separate ourselves, and we we win this division by two or three games. And who knows? Maybe they'll still win it by a couple games when it's all said and done. It felt like that at eight and three. It did. And uh, I thought they'd get at least one of those three, and it would feel so much different if they had. And I think, though, that's part of it. Like, the results so much dictate what you are, right? They define what you are. But if they were that team – doesn't that team, that team that is excelling to a higher level, who had been mostly healthy, you know, and every team's got sure. major injuries. And you can't argue, when you're going up against a team with a no. backup quarterback, even if you're missing two or three starters. No, the Browns were beat up, and they've, sure and they they've were. played through it. Right? And, I mean, the Browns have played four different quarterbacks this yeah. year. right? With that, other stuff, too. If you were that team, though, and, and granted, at eight and three – we're hoping, we're feeling they're in position to be that team. But that team wins at least one of those games, you think. You know, when I say that team, a team that has taken a significant step forward yeah. from what they were. And then you look at Philadelphia, who I still feel like is a really good team. They've, they've lost, lost three in a row. So it's it can be weird, but, uh, yeah, they, they – uh, that's what concerns me. It, it, or the, I thought after that – after winning seven of eight games, that they were becoming a team that was sort of playoff ready, grind out, able to win that sort of game, uh, maybe even when circumstances were against them. And I thought, based on that, they would get at least one of these last three and have a little room. And they didn't. So now they've got to prove on Tampa that in, in Tampa that they are still that team. Uh, two separate five game winning streaks for the Eagles uh, by the way this year one got snapped with a loss to the Jets and they won another five so they're 10 and one right and um dropped the last three San Fran you know Dallas is is Jekyll and Hyde as anybody out there yeah put them at home they're great they're unbelievable they average over 40 at home and they average like in the low 20s on the road I mean it should be a little more difficult on it's stark they're almost like a completely different team yeah and now they get to play a team this week that doesn't beat anybody that's any good 
but Dallas gets to play them on the road, which will give way this week between them and Miami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good point. Uh, all right, well, let's let Tony take you around some of these other teams in the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Indianapolis has suspended wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie and cornerback Tony Brown for three games for conduct detrimental to the team. Both were healthy scratches for their win on Saturday night this week. Houston has signed quarterback Tim Boyle, who did start a couple of games for the New York Jets this season, to their practice squad. News coming out yesterday that C.J. Stroud likely to miss his second week in a row on the concussion protocol. Uh, Carolina has cut linebacker Justin Houston, who did say that he would like to continue playing this season for a contender. Houston had a sack and a half and nine tackles while playing seven games for the Carolina Panthers this season. The Baltimore Ravens have placed running back Keaton Mitchell on injured reserve and signed running back Melvin Gordon to their active roster from their practice squad. Buffalo has opened the 21-day practice window for defensive tackle Daquan Jones. He was a full participant in practice on Tuesday. Detroit has activated quarterback Hendon Hooker from their reserve-slash-non-football injury list. And Cincinnati wide receiver Jamar Chase, day-to-day with a shoulder injury, did not practice on Tuesday. All right, thank you, Tone. Appreciate that. Uh, So uh, we'll get into today's question of the day on the other side, kind of debate some of these. I think we're... Probably going to come down where the the public is, but uh, what are some of the fixable issues? Is not being able to run the ball fixable for the Jacksonville Jaguars at this stage? We'll talk about that a little bit on the other side. It's clearly the runaway winner in uh, the options we gave you so far on what you think is the biggest problem for this 2023 uh, version of the team. That's your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Still time to vote on social media if you haven't already, but over 500 of you have. And generally, when we hit that mark, the percentage is not going to change a whole lot over the next 24 hours, we have found. Uh, we'll come back and continue the discussion with John Osier from Jaguars.com. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. He's Johnny O. Oh, knows on Jaguars Today. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Hey, uh... Ozone, yeah. How, how are the uh, the fans feeling right now with your, all your many interactions with them? Like, what what are you getting oh, right now? Um, like in the mailbag kind of I stuff. I think it's more. It's always dangerous to ask that question on a Monday because everybody's mad, right? But since then, I think it's more disappointment that they've played that way the last couple of weeks. It's not as much anger. There's still some anger toward Trevor, and there's concern about that because. You're going to get that sort of thing when you play like you did the other night. That feels more short-term, though. I think the overall thing is is just ah, we, we really expected to have a lead right now and to feel better about this, and it's more disappointment that they don't. Yeah. Is the, like, as you know, it's hard to generalize. I, I did have one question, though. Uh, has the Pharaoh called since the incident? Or uh, not the Pharaoh, but the guy – Holiday? Holiday, yeah. Has no, he? We haven't heard from no. him. When, when was the last time? Was it? It was right before Thanksgiving. Was it pre-Houston game? Or? So he's yes. up Holiday's the Panther? The Leopard? Yeah. No, the, the, the Sabertooth Tiger, yeah. the uh, Terror Wrecker Super Cat. He may them. be the key this week. He may be the key. Like I don't the know. The Oracle in the Sky. You, you, can't, yeah. you can't force it can't for, with Holiday. You can't force yeah. the action. Or, or, it's got to be organic. 
if Holiday, you know, deigns to call us. You can't summon it. it has I, you to can, be. but it, it, I think it has diminishing okay, I, I returns at that point, you know? Only Holiday. Knows when holiday. You know, the bat signal is a powerful tool. <laughs> right. You I only use it when you need Batman. Right. I hope we don't need to use him next week. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Right. Like let's, let's if CJ Beathard has to His play. His power diminishes the more he's called upon. Well, I feel like it does have to recharge, you know <laughs> what I mean? So I, I you know, sometimes that power bar isn't back up to a hundred percent. You know, and you don't get your counterattack is not <laughs> Quite as strong. I don't know. <laughs> Bad video That's game fair. parlance here. No, it's good. All right. Um, yeah, so consider that the, the bat signal thrown out there. But th- that's as far like, like – Asking we, without asking. We, could, we, know, we got holidays contact info. But, you know, Look, we the saber-toothed uh. tiger is live and well. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Well, he is alive. I hope he's well. Oh, right. But I hope the backup – Saber-toothed tiger's ready yeah. to go just in case. It was definitely Thanksgiving. Your time is not yet. Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> Your time is not yet. And uh, <laughs> it might not be this week for young mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud either, it looks like. All right, uh, let's hit the 10-10 take pockets. 10-10. take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by JNM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialists. All right, here's the problem with the problems, right? How many are fixable, right? I mean, you, you, uh, it's got to play better. You just, you just got to do it. Well, uh, you know, we're talking on the break. Like, sometimes you just don't have the personnel, the scheme, whatever it is. You just don't have the pieces. Like, you wouldn't say to the Panthers, well, you're playing the Niners. Just beat them. Right. I mean, that, that's the reality. You have to play. Nobody's going to feel But mm-hmm. the 49ers don't have the personnel, or the Panthers don't have the personnel of the 49ers. I'm not saying the Jags and the Bucks are – like that, right? No. That they can't win. But when you're talking about the running game right now, it, it, anyway. Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. right. Yeah, the, the, their personnel, though, in certain key areas is not matching up well with other teams. Mm-hmm. And it's not that overall, like, the Bucks are this better top-to-bottom roster. That It's that. It's just that the Jags are struggling in some key areas, might not have their quarterback this week, and the Bucks have momentum. So I look at today's question of the day. Of these choices, which is the biggest problem? What's fixable? Bottom five pass defense. What's going to change? Right? I mean, you're not – at this point – You you play your assignment. That's what's going to change. Yes, like, right. that's the mental mistake the stuff. mental yeah. side of things. Yeah. You can play it a little bit better. Like, of the four things that we have up there, I think that's the one when you talk about the mental stuff, which of those areas would improve. It's the pass defense. Because it hasn't been as bad as it's been the last three weeks all season. Right? But you it, look up and they're they are bottom five in yards they allowed, are. you know? Absolutely. And you know, I don't yeah. know if they've exactly played the who's who of, you know, killer quarterbacks here. You know, they're letting Jake Browning and, and Joe Flacco carve sure. them up, for instance. You, know, you understand mm-hmm. if Joe Burrow has a big game against you, he's Joe Burrow, you know? Um can't run the ball. That's not I don't know if that's gonna change, you know? I yeah, mean Yeah, that would be my choice. But I don't. Your choice is the biggest problem. Yeah, when you add fixable to it, I I have to go in the direction because I, I I haven't seen anything to indicate that it's going to snap out. They've I haven't looked at it this week, but for three weeks in a row they ran for fewer yards. They ran for a hundred against I think Tennessee. It's like they Would. start okay yeah. and they go from okay to abysmal. I can't rely on it. Not going to happen this week. But Cam Robinson will be eligible at least to return after this week yeah, from the injured reserve yeah. that. Could help, and 
would another lineup change? Maybe you take Fortner out and put Shatley in, like that kind of thing. I don't, could that have any? I would that help at all? Maybe I haven't gotten a feel this season that they feel like that's an answer. I I don't think they would do it. Right. Yeah. I I would be surprised if they did it. If they did it, it would to me it would feel more like oh, we got to try something. Yeah. The, the thing Maybe that's got to be fixable is just better situational. Yeah. Football, no doubt, right? and that's and that's everything. And when you hear, you get tired of hearing poor communication. But it, it's part; it's all part of the the same thing. It's all this stuff that is within their control, right? right. Like, don't let a guy go uncovered on fourth down. That's a bust in coverage. Dave Campo was harping on; he harps on it all the time. There are four or five plays a week. You don't know which ones are going to be, but when you look back, there are maybe mm-hmm. five plays in a football game right. that if you are the winner right. on those five plays, you're probably going to have the best chance to win the football game. And when you are giving up three busted coverages, mm-hmm. it's easy touchdowns to Cleveland. When Flacco was throwing plenty of one-hoppers out yeah. there. It wasn't like he was having this day where he's just slicing and dicing. But if you give him a seven-on-seven drill, he's going to pick you yeah. apart. I mean, it, Last week, it's so obvious because it's right there, but – Look, the Ravens, I think anybody at this table would say the Ravens are better than the Jaguars, and they would usually pick them to beat the Jaguars right now. Right. But if you convert two field goals and get field goals in two other situations where they they were going to be gimmies, you're 12-10 at half, and the Agnew play puts you up nine, and you're making the Ravens play uphill to beat you the rest of the way. So I – maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't. But right there are four areas or four things. It's all stuff you're doing to yourself. That you can clearly, or you should be able to improve that. Yeah. Now, the other side of it that I I can hear a fan saying, and they'd be right, is, but you should have been able to improve that the last two weeks, and you didn't. So maybe it's what they are. That's what they have to prove on Sunday. Yeah. I I generally feel that way when you get to a seat. Like, we just correct this. Right. Have you not known that? Yeah. Right. You know, for how many months You're have right. you known that? If you just correct that, you'd be a lot correct. better. Can right. we do, do that? Yeah. Um, somebody on the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, we're going down to cheer the boys on in Tampa. Go Duval. Well, Duval, right to you, because yeah. uh, mm-hmm. they're going to need it. They're going to need all that support. Um, Matt Hayes coming in here. Plenty of signing day updates. Get yourself <laughs> a chair, bro. Where's the chair at? You're good? Turn his mic on there, Pockets. Let's say hello to Matt. What do you call him, Pockets? Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. The guys without the headphones just talking to the mic over the (laughs) stuff. If they were wearing their headphones like people who actually do radio for a living would know not to talk over. Welcome, Matt Hayes. Hello, was that tell, not right? Tell us, tell us that you never listened to Jaguars today. That's the first time you heard us call them pockets. I've, I'm, wow! I, listen, I right. listen to you guys. Yeah, literally we're on ten to noon every day, every single day. No, you don't. In. You yes, clearly do. do not. We. Oh my God, you do not. If you just for the first time have heard us call him pockets I'm, since day one on the job as our producer, that's what he's been called. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be completely honest. Every day when I drive in, I listen to you guys. I've never heard you call him pockets. Do Why? not believe you. Why do you um, call him pockets? It, it, it do- uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a it rap re- name generator. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, it's truly unbelievable. <laughs> um, what do you have coming up on the program today? 
Recruiting. All right. It's recruiting, and we're going to talk about the Jags and uh, inevitable. It looks like something really bad really quickly. National signing day. Today, by the way, uh, as Al Stewart just pointed out, uh, it is Frank Gore Day. It's the three-year anniversary of Frank Gore nice. picking up a key That's first good. down. So, um, good health for Trevor Lawrence is all I want for Christmas this weekend. Matt, have a good show. I, was, I like to bust Matt's chops there, but truly, has he never? Every day, you listen. All right, Pockets. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, um, Johnny, what do you got coming up over at the website in the next few days? Uh, hoping to talk to Devon Hamilton today for the Ozone Podcast. Not sure if that'll happen, but that's uh, the plan. And then uh, – it's really just the Trevor watch. Not much we can do about it on Jaguars.com. Right. right. But that's such an overriding storyline. Uh, and this is one of those weeks, it's always that, but the game is so interesting on so many levels that you just sort of dig deep and figure out how they can you know, do something to try to win this thing. Well, we'll show up. Yeah. I'm sure they will as well. We'll be there. I'll be in Tampa. Let's have Christmas one more Eve. point than the Bucks at uh, on Christmas Eve night. Yeah, as uh, and hope the team flight can wave to Santa on the way in. That'd be Hi, Santa. fantastic. Um, all right, that'll Santa do. Guys. It. I'll do it for us today. Uh, D Rock in tomorrow. Uh, breakfast bowl. Tony's buying. I am second wow. week in a row. Did, did you get a, a Sunday night tweet on the breakfast bowl update? Pockets? No, I got Monday night. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even honestly. I, didn't I had, get that one. I hadn't even looked at it until. Monday afternoon, like with the the Jaguars game on Sunday, I hadn't even looked at it until then. Me and Mike were counting. Yeah, uh, we we had, we. Had, I knew we my team like stopped calculating, peak. <laughs> taking a peek, taking a peek. All right, man. Uh, anyway, that's tomorrow. John Osier out the door. Go check him out at Jaguars.com. Uh, XL Primetime coming up next with all your National Signing Day updates. Uh, so stay tuned for that. For Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thank you for listening to Jaguars today on 1010 XL 92.5 FM. Yo, Jacksonville. Who wanna eat a W? Two more.